Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hi, friends. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. We have another day to worship the Lord, another day to build a culture of life. Let's put ourselves in His presence. Let's read His Word. Let's encourage and pray for one another. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. How much we have received from your goodness, O Lord. The earth is full of your creatures, full of your blessings, creation that manifests your wisdom and glory and power. Lead us deeper into your truth and salvation. We rejoice. Let that joy increase. Lord, we repent of all our sins. We forgive all our enemies. And we stand ready to proclaim your gospel of life. Bless us today in this task and this mission. Bring us closer to salvation with every hour of the day ticking by. Bring us salvation. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. So our readings today continue from the book of Ezra. We're going to build on what we learned yesterday about the building, the rebuilding of the temple, people going back into the Holy Land after the exile. A reading from the book of Ezra. King Darius issued an order to the officials of west of Euphrates. Let the governor and the elders of the Jews continue the work on that house of God. They are to rebuild on its former site. I also issue this decree concerning your dealing with these elders of the Jews in the rebuilding of that house of God. From the royal revenue, the taxes of west of Euphrates, let these men be repaid for their expenses in full and without delay. I, Darius, have issued this decree let it be carefully executed. The elders of the Jews continued to make progress in the building, supported by the message of the prophets, Haggai and Zechariah, son of Edo. They finished the building according to the command of the God of Israel and the decrees of Cyrus and Darius and of Artaxerxes, king of Persia. They completed this house on the third day of the month Adar, in the sixth year of the reign of King Darius, the children of Israel, priests, Levites, and the other returned exiles celebrated the dedication of this house of God with joy. For the dedication of this house of God, they offered 100 bulls, 200 rams, and 400 lambs, together with the 12 he-goats as a sin offering for all Israel in keeping with the number of the tribes of Israel. Finally, they set up the priests in their classes and the Levites in their divisions for the service of God in Jerusalem as is prescribed in the book of Moses. The exiles kept the Passover on the 14th day of the first month. The Levites, every one of whom had purified himself for the occasion, sacrificed the Passover for the rest of the exiles, for their brethren the priests, and for themselves. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. King Cyrus, we reflected yesterday, brought religious freedom. Return to your land, rebuild a temple. I'll even give you some material help for that. 
His successors reinforced that freedom. And today we, we, we come here, it mentions King Darius and it mentions the prophets um, uh, ha, um, Haggai and Zechariah. You can read their short prophecies in the, towards the end of the Old Testament. What was going on here? Just like when God first gave, and this is such a good lesson for life for all of us, just, when God, just like when God first gave them the promised land, they didn't just go in, you know, God giving it to them on a silver platter, and then say, God saying, hey, just lie down on your couches and enjoy all this stuff I just gave you by my miraculous hand. No, it was very much the opposite of that. They had to go into that land, and they had to arm themselves for battle. They had to constantly defend that land and, 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 and not only defend themselves physically, defend themselves spiritually because the nations around them, remember, they didn't know the true God. Now the gospel of Jesus has gone throughout the world, but at that time, only those people knew the covenant of God and the nations around them. They were killing their children by demon sacrifice, just like we have the abortion clinics of today. They had to fight morally, spiritually. God told them, unfortunately, they didn't obey, don't mingle with the practices of those nations. You have true worship. You know the true God and what He wants. Don't go according to the ways of these people. But because they compromised themselves spiritually, the exile happened. So they were exiled into Babylon, but God didn't keep them there forever. He brought back a remnant, those who wanted to come back. King Cyrus said, go back. And now King Darius repeated that, but what had happened in the interim, Darius was one of the successors of, of Cyrus, what happened in the interim was that the people who went back and started rebuilding the temple ran into obstacles. Of course, just like God required them to fight for their freedom to receive His gift of the Holy Land, so now they had to fight again to receive His gift of being able to rebuild the temple. They had to fight. The enemies were trying to stop them. The Samaritans didn't want the temple rebuilt. And they tried to stop them. You know, this is the lesson of life. No matter what victories God gives, look at us in the pro-life movement now. He gave us the great victory of the Dobbs decision, the great victory of the reversal of Roe versus Wade. But we, the, the, He gives God's people that victory, but then we have to fight. The enemy still attacks. The enemy doesn't stop. He gives us the freedom in America to vote, but now we've got to fight against those who want to steal the elections. He gives us the gift of, 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 of education for our children, but we've got to fight to keep for the indoctrination from coming in. He gives us the freedom of religion in our faith, and we've got to fight against false teachers within that religion. My goodness, he gives us pro-life laws and we've got to fight against Democrat prosecutors and, and uh, district attorneys who don't want to enforce that law. It's a key lesson. You always have to fight. Through many trials, we must inherit the kingdom of God, as Scripture tells us. Through many trials. Those trials being battles that we have to engage in. So the prophets Haggai and Zechariah had to encourage the people. You read those two prophecies and you see they had started the rebuilding of the temple. Then people were getting tired and they were also getting, you know, the, as I always say, the battle is in the mind of the enemy. They were saying, oh, this is not as glorious as it was before. 
a little bit of nostalgia tied to, uh, mixed in with a little bit of defeatism. Oh, this isn't as glorious as it was before. And God turned to them through the prophets and he said, no, you stick to the task. You be faithful to the mission at hand. I'm going to make it more glorious than it was before. And I want to say that to you today about the church and about America. We've got big blotches right now, big stains and tremendous, momentous, ominous challenges on the horizon. In fact, not even just on the horizon. They're right in the middle of them. Dark clouds in the church and in America. But brothers and sisters, just as the words of Haggai and Zechariah encourage those people to rebuild that temple and recognize that the glory of the latter would be greater than the glory they had before, so I want to say to you today, we rebuild this nation. We take back America from the Democrat tyrants that are destroying it today. And it will be even more glorious than before. We're going to have the greatest days in America that we've ever had. If we win these elections, put the right people in office, secure religious freedom, just like these kings of old secured. And as I said yesterday, it's more important to have a political leader who allows you to live your faith than a political leader that you judge is living your faith him or herself. That, that's not the primary thing. It's the primary thing is, are you going to give you the freedom to live your faith? That's how we restore America. We live our faith. And so, likewise with the church, we've got these, these clouds of confusion going on. Hold fast. Remember those six words I always tell you? What the church has always taught. Six simple words. Hold on to that. People around you want to sing and dance and confuse everything. You know what? You guys go do what you want to do. We hold to the deposit of faith that has been handed on to us. What the church has always taught, starting with the sanctity of life, the truth of the gospel of life. We're going to make it more glorious than it was before. Well, God is going to do it through us, of course. But we'll come a time, like we'll see a day, when the truth shines forth gloriously and is taught clearly and courageously. Maybe we've got to get to this low ebb in the life of the church and of the nation to make people rediscover the glorious blessing we were given at the inception of the nation, the glorious blessing we were given at the inception of the church. This is how history works. We go down, we come up again. Never lose that confidence, never lose that will to fight and to rebuild as God's prophets have told us. Let's turn to him and pray. Father, we have rebuilding to do. We've got a nation to save. We've got elections to win. We've got tyrants to defeat. Lord God, we've got to take back our church. We've got doctrine to defend. We've got practices of evil and justifications of abortion and and of all kinds of sexual perversion to root out of our midst. Lord God, as the prophets told those of old, the future glory will be even greater than the past. And you yourself will shine through us. But allow us, Lord, allow us to persevere. May we be wise against the enemy. May we be strong in battle. May we be joyful in trusting you May we be diligent in passing along the faith to our children, grandchildren, and our neighbors. 
Lord, hear the prayer intentions of every one of us, those that we have voiced, those that remain in our hearts. Give the graces of which we stand in need and hear us now as we pray the prayer Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Friends, it's so great to be with you. Let other people know about these broadcasts, because I'm sure there are plenty in your circles of influence who don't know about this yet and would be delighted to join us for a daily time of prayer and scripture, especially one that motivates our pro-life commitment. Tell the people in your pro-life groups uh, or those that pray with you outside of the abortion facilities or go to your pro-life meetings, tell them about these broadcasts. Bring them in. Only you can reach certain people that I can't reach. Together we'll, we'll make this continue to grow. And, and please make our ministry continue to grow too. You know, we're at uh, ProLifeGift.org for the donations. We rely only on people like you. ProLifeGift.org. Thank you in advance, and we will talk to you soon. Where does this love begin? In our own family, in our own home. How does it begin? By praying together. Family that prays together stays together. And if you stay together, you will love one another as God loves each one of you. Today, the world, in the world, there's so much suffering because of that one of prayer, of unity in the family. So today, when we are together, let us make one strong resolution that we will bring prayer in our family, that we will teach our children to pray and pray with them. And you will see the joy and the love and the peace that will come into your hearts. Because the fruit of prayer is the deepening of faith. And the fruit of faith is love. And the fruit of love is service. And the fruit of service is peace. Works of love are works of peace. That is why let us bring the tender love of God in our families. Submit your prayer intentions. Obtain mass cards and a relic card at prayerintentions.org. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.